All right. And we are live. What's up, guys? Tonight, we're going to talk about a case I actually did. This is going to be the debut of the Storytime series. Let's get into it, guys. Move over, Denzel. Okay, guys. I used to be a special agent on Lansky Investigations. This is the arrest paperwork, okay? So here is the booking uh cases that i did mostly were human smuggling and drug trafficking those are like two crimes that i'm very good agent very strong agent i did a lot of big cases i've done title three intercepts which is basically listening to phones i've written hundreds of affidavits to arrest people i've done uh i've been a grand jury and testified a million times i've done big cases uh i've done all right and we are back what's up guys welcome to fed it man uh i am happy to be here and this is going to be the debut of me talking about actually doing a case myself. I'm going to start a series where I'll basically probably call it story time. And I'm going to break down cases that I personally was involved in and or I was the case agent on. And I'll go basically And these cases are all like closed or done at this point. They're public information. So it's not like I'm talking about anything classified or anything that's active or sensitive or still going on or anything like that, because um, obviously I would not do that. But um, yeah, I've been getting uh, <laughs> the inspiration for this game because, as you guys know, I break down celebrity cases. You know, we did YNW Mali, we did Push Iced Old Block, Indictments, et cetera. And a lot of people were like, oh, yo, these are cool and all, but like, we kind of want to see, like, what did you actually do? And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know what? I'll, you know, I'll go and dig in my brain and remember the, a lot of the cases that I did. And uh, the one that I'm about to go over with you guys uh, was probably one of the most disturbing ones I've done. Um, and you know, and especially since it's a case that I did myself, I'm going to be able to give you guys intimate details, pause that, um, you might not necessarily get from the other cases because those other cases, I can only read the documents, speculate from an agent perspective, what the agent was thinking when he did such and such thing. But on this one, I'll be able to tell you guys like real time, what the hell was happening. So, uh, okay. So let's start first with. Who the hell am I? Because since I'm going to be talking to you guys about a case that I did, you guys are going to have to know who I was, what my authorities were, you know, what type of uh, authority or, or what my position was. Okay. So, uh, oh, and we got a super chat here. Love my white Nubian Queens. <laughs> Starting real estate school this week in BR LA Police Academy in December. No excuse to not be a six figure earner before I'm 23. Good shit, bro. Congratulations, my friend. Los Angeles, the police department's a fantastic department. You're going to uh, definitely get a lot of good experience. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a good time. Uh, and actually, one of our uh, YouTube guys, guys, is a former LAPD uh, investigator. So, uh, yeah, so I'll probably have him on the show as well. So it's going to be it's going to be a good time, man. And he was actually a task force officer, too. So. I see you guys are asking me about special agent shirts. I don't know if I'm going to do special agent shirts, guys, because. I don't want y'all getting in trouble for <laughs> impersonating a police officer, which that's another case that I did as well, which I'll do that for y'all probably uh, on the next go around. <laughs> I arrested it. I arrested some guys for impersonating uh, federal agents, man. So uh, anyway, okay. So let me uh, go ahead and give you guys a quick little introduction to myself. So I was a special agent guy with, guys with an agency called Homeland Security Investigations, AKA HSI. Okay. And um, HSI guys, 
And I'll show you guys kind of a visual representation here instead of me just yapping my gums off here and putting you out of sleep. Homeland Security Investigations, guys, is the biggest investigative body in the Department of Homeland Security. And they're the second biggest investigative agency after the FBI, okay? Um, the FBI has, I think, something around like 10,000 special agents in the United States. Um, HSI, before I left, uh, had around I think five or 6,000, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, let me go ahead and share screen with y'all real fast. So you guys can kind of get a visual representation of who they are. Okay. Okay. So this is, this is them, right? Uh, let me go here. Homeland Security Investigations, ICE. There, let's see here. Is it, and we're going to play this cheesy little video, their recruiting video. This is one thing that I, I, I wish HSI did better at was um, advertising, like their marketing needs needs to be a little bit better, um, because dude, they do a lot of cool shit that other agencies can't do. So here, let me just this is the, this is their promo video. It's a little cheesy, but we'll play it just so y'all kind of get an idea of what the agency is. Okay? Can y'all here? Let me make sure that the sound is good on this. You know, matter of fact, you know what? Let me just move it to the other screen. And guys, let let me know if it uh if it um gives you guys any type of uh feedback or anything give me ones in the chat if the if the audio is good but this is what hsi is uh where the oh you know what hold on not stop stop sharing let me share this screen instead with y'all okay and i was with the agency guys from 2010 to 2020 i was an intern first and then i became an agent in 2013 so i served as a special agent for seven years and um that's where the name 1811 comes from fed 1811 as you guys know i had it as fed f-e-d-d-i-t but then it kept getting confused for Reddit. so i said you know what? let me make it 1811 and 1811 guys is the job series code okay for a special agent in the u.s government and i'll show you what i mean by that in a second so uh let me know look, give me one in the chat if the audio is good okay guys that's not echoing Bro, those intellectual property theft cases, oh, Lord. Bro, you know how many jerseys I've taken? <laughs> Yo, if you bootleg, they're going to come after you, bro. <laughs> drug smuggling, this was like my thing. I, I really was good with, with drug smuggling. Uh, you know, hell, I mean, yeah, if y'all don't believe me, uh, here's some proof right here, guys. I mean, this is your boy back in the day, okay? This is me. This is Laredo, Texas, <laughs> after an operation that we did, uh, um, uh, basically like a little sting. Okay, let me go back here. And then also a big thing they do that I want to uh, bring to your guys' attention is they do, uh, which I'm going to break down one of these cases for y'all too one, one day. Um, counterfeit merchandise. Oh, okay, we'll keep going. Yep. Check smuggling. Why is this shit acting like that? Hold on. Let me just boom. Let me rewind it a little bit. Sorry, guys. I don't know why YouTube acting whack like this. Uh, 
Garment's always behind, huh? What the f- Man. Here, let me refresh the page. Sorry, guys. Okay. Let's fast forward a little bit. I'm not gonna pause it again. What the f- Bruh. I apologize, guys. I don't know why this thing- You know what? Let me put it in Firefox. Give me one second. Yeah, let me let me put this shit in Firefox. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm gonna put this shit in Firefox. It should piss me off. Give me one second, guys. Okay. Uh, these are a bunch of the cases I got coming for y'all. Okay, let me go ahead and open it up. And Firefox. See, it, the thing always acts crazy when you need it to work appropriately. Every single time, bro. I'm just going to play it the whole way through. I ain't going to stop it. Yeah, artifact theft. Employing illegal people, immigration, weapon smuggling. I did a lot of that when I was in Texas. Technology proliferation. The gang cases, these are guys that arrested 6ix9ine. Bullcast smuggling. Alright, so, um, that's like the little intro thing, guys. I know it's cheesy, but it's the U.S. government. What do you expect? Um, you know what I mean? Like, this is kind of, um, how it goes. And then this is another one. Homeland Security Rescue. Yeah, this is, uh, kind of like a... Are you ready for the challenge? A recruitment video. You can tell HSI it's the U.S. government the when it's like... investigative agency in the Department of Homeland Security. HSI uses its broad legal authority to investigate issues such as drug smuggling, money laundering, bulk cash smuggling, weapons trafficking, financial crimes, human smuggling and trafficking and human rights violations, cybercrime, and export enforcement issues. HSI special agents also conduct investigations aimed at protecting critical infrastructure industries that are vulnerable to sabotage, attack, or exploitation. If it's a crime involving a person, oh, yeah, I remember raiding those kinds of houses and having like third. I got another funny story for y'all with like <laughs> when we raided a, a stash house of illegal aliens. 
commodity, or money illegally entering or leaving the U.S. HSI investigates it. Are you ready? Are you up to the challenge of becoming a Homeland Security Investigation Special Agent? All right. So HSI Special Agent. Okay, so that's kind of just an overview. So just so y'all understand, right? So you got Immigration Customs Enforcement. Then you got underneath that two components. I know you guys saw like police and ICE and everything, and you might be a little confused. So you got Department of Homeland Security up top. Underneath Homeland Security, you got um, the Immigration Customs Enforcement. Underneath Immigration Customs Enforcement, a.k.a. ICE, you got Homeland Security Investigations on one side, and then you got something called ICE ERO on the other side. ERO, guys, is the deportation officers that removes um, illegal aliens from the United States, okay? So HSI does the criminal investigations. They're the 1811s, the special agents, and then ERO are what are 1801s. And an 1801, guys, is an officer, okay? Uh, still carries a gun, still sworn and, ha you know, has a arrest authority, still a sworn officer, but they don't necessarily conduct investigations. That's the biggest thing. 1811 is special agent slash criminal investigator, and then 1801 is officer. And I'll show you what I mean here in a second because, as you guys know, I really like to explain this stuff to a level where everyone uh, understands because I, I know that like what I'm talking about is like kind of jargon and a lot of people aren't going to know it unless they uh, unless you're in the field. So I'll show you guys an example. So you want a job with the U.S. government, right? You go USA jobs. Bam. You're going to go there. Then you're going to click here. Then what you're going to do is um, you're going to go ahead and hit search. Okay. Just type in 1811. All right. Boom. Criminal investigator, bam. And then you got all these agencies, right? So that Internal Revenue Service, IRS, special agent, assistant of office, inspector general for investigations, right? Assistant, criminal investigator for um, US, United States Postal Service, general, uh, inspector general, criminal investigator for CIA. What the fuck? <laughs> Yo. What? Okay. Um, and just so you guys know, when if you're a special agent for CIA, you're going to be doing internal investigations on the employees. So people like Snowden, yeah, you're going to be investigating those kinds of people. Anyone that's like leaking classified information. So I could only imagine what kind of clearance you need to do this. Okay. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, uh, this is uh, United States Postal Service again. Uh, and I know uh, Secret Service, Secret Service. And there's different, look, see, they got different types of job listings that they want. Okay. And you can see Secret Service under Homeland Security as well. Right. Um, and yeah, man, ATF representative. So you can see all the different um, supervisor, criminal investigator, se section chief. So immigration customs enforcement, office of professional responsibility. So OPR guys are the guys that do. Um, they're the ones that do internal investigations on HSI agents. OK, they're the office of professional responsibility for all of ICE, for immigrant, for Homeland Security investigations agents and also for deportation officers. OK, so. Look, oh, look, see, FBI has some positions, law enforcement, military background, education slash teaching background, accounting slash finance. That's why I tell you all, all the time. If you want to work for the FBI, get an accounting degree or learn a language, see how they or have a, a law degree. But that might be over to be an FBI agent, to be honest with you. So, yeah, see. But, yeah, you type in 1811 and then bam, it all comes up. Now, let's try 1801. Right. General Inspection, Investigation, Enforcement and Compliance Series, 18, 1800. But 1801 is basically like it's officer, bro. So look, see inspection. Uh, let's see here, criminal analyst, HSI Intel, transportation, transportation security specialist. So depending on the agency, you might carry a gun or not. But an 1801 typically is an officer. Okay, so deportation officers are 1801s. So, so that's the that's the two components of ICE. Okay, so 
where I fit in, I was an agent myself. I was assigned to Laredo, Texas, right? And matter of fact, let me see here. I'll go on Instagram and show y'all real fast. So I was assigned to Laredo, Texas. And Laredo, Texas, guys, is the middle of nowhere, okay? Matter of fact, um, and here's my Instagram real quick, just to show y'all, like like I said, this, this photo right here that was taken, I think this picture was taken in 2017. We are just, this is a drug bust that we did. Uh, no, not 20. Yeah, 20, 2016 or 2017. Look at that. I had full head of hair. Man, if I grow my hair, I can get them waves back. But uh, anyway, that's a whole other thing because my hair is naturally curly. I just had to like brush down. But um, so let me show y'all where Laredo, Texas is. Just so you guys kind of get a glimpse of what where my experience comes from. Laredo, Texas. Man, this brings back good memories. Okay. Laredo, Texas. <laughs> uh, it's a city in the county uh, seat of Webb Web County, Texas, United States, on the north bank of the Rio Grande and southern Texas, across the north of Laredo, Tamaulipas, Mexico. Yo, this place right here, one of the most dangerous places in Mexico, guys. This is where the Zetas are from, which is one of the most dangerous slash violent cartels. Sinaloa don't got nothing on these guys. These dudes are smaller, but the thing is, is that these guys are paramilitary. A lot of them are former Mexican Marines. Extremely dangerous, okay? And I'll, and I'll also do some cases for y'all where we did uh, investigations on, like, the higher-ups on the Mexican cartel guys, okay? Um, so this is Laredo in a nutshell, okay? It's a little border town. Let me show y'all on the map where it is. Um, here it is. As you guys can see, here it is, right? There's Nuevo Laredo is right across the bridge versus Laredo. And it's right on the Mexican border. Now, guys, most of the drugs that come to the United States, illegal aliens, drugs, everything, comes in through South Texas, right? This entire area here, guys, is considered the Southwest border. For all my international people out there that might not be aware. So from San Diego, California, all the way down to South Padre Island, a.k.a. Matamoros over here, this is the southwest border, guys, okay? And this is where a majority of the drugs and illegal aliens come into the United States now through Mexico. There used to be a strong corridor here from Colombia, right? From Colombia. Where? The, oh, sorry. Colombia, right here, all the way here to Miami. And what they would do is, back in the 80s, this is cow- cocaine cowboy days, they would take the drugs, okay, get them over to either the DR, Haiti, um, sometimes Puerto Rico, because if you can get it to Puerto Rico, you basically got to the United States and they don't have to go through customs anymore, which is a big thing. That's why Puerto Rico is very, very busy office. But most of the time it will come to the Bahamas. Okay. And here in the Bahamas, guys, it would come into, where is it? Where's Bimini? Bimini. You got Nassau right here. God damn it. Bimini, Bahamas. Where's Bimini? It's over here somewhere. It's just so goddamn small. North Cat Cat. See how small these towns are, guys? These little cities. Because Bimini is only about 60, 50 nautical miles or whatever from um, from Miami. It is not far at all. Okay, Graham. Okay, so here's Freeport, another big drug hub. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah, they would fly to Freeport as well. They would either fly to Freeport. Because Freeport, guys, is right across from West Palm Beach. Okay? But in general, you guys get the idea. So it used to be the drugs would come into the Bahamas, right? This whole area here and then come into Miami. But those days are done, man. Like they, they pretty much, man, they got ships all over the place. Like they got, you know, they're intercepting planes, they're intercepting uh, submarines, all that crap. So yes, are drugs still coming into the United States through Miami, 
Yes, but not at the same rate back in the 80s. Also through Tampa is a big corridor as well. They're always catching like um, submarines and all this other stuff that has like thousands of kilos of cocaine. But now I think it's somewhere between 67% of the of the drugs that come in the United States coming through the southwest border. Okay, guys. So Mexico has basically established a stronghold as far as moving drugs from South America into the United States. So I was right here, guys, at the front lines in Laredo, fucking Texas. All right. That's why I'm so experienced, even though I I was only an agent for seven years, but I did more in seven years because uh, I was worked in two busy field offices. I worked in Laredo for four years, then I came over and I did Miami. Um, I worked in two field offices that were very busy. So, um, you know, ver- versus like if you're in the middle of fucking nowhere, like if you're like in, I don't know, what's like a, a, a dead office, like. Uh, like if you're like in Salt HSI, Salt Lake City, like you ain't going to be as busy as an agent down here on the Mexican border or an agent, you know, in New York City or in Miami or any of these big field offices. Right. So and then here's the other thing, too, I want you guys to know. So Laredo, right, is only two hours away from San Antonio. All right. And San Antonio, guys, is what I consider a hub city, whether it's for drugs, aliens, guns, whatever, because it's in a perfect area from a logistical standpoint to get you to anywhere in the United States. So let's go deep dive into San Antonio real quick, just so y'all kind of understand how the Southwest border works. Uh, You got Interstate 10, right? And then you got Interstate 35. Interstate 35, guys, goes from, starts here in Laredo, Texas, right? Boom, goes all the way up into San Antonio. Then it takes you to Austin, Texas. Then it takes you to Dallas, okay? And then if you follow Interstate 35, right, all the way up, it takes you to Oklahoma City, right? Then it goes to um, Wichita. Then it takes you to Kansas City. Here it is. Then it gets you to Des Moines, Iowa. Then it takes you all the way to Minneapolis. Not knowing why anyone would want to go to Minneapolis. But it ends right here on the... Is this Canada, Canada right now? Yeah, Interstate 35. Yeah. It looks like it ends right around here. And this is, we're pretty much right near Canada at that point. Oh, no. Oh, hold on. Okay. So it ends in Duluth, it looks like. Yep. Okay. So this thing basically gets you from, and obviously you can see why that's important. Because from Minneapolis, you can get to anywhere in the Midwest, right? You can get to Chicago. You can get to St. Louis. And then also going back, right? Interstate 35. You also have going north and south. And remember, guys, just so you know, in the United States, when it's even, it's uh, east to west. If it's odd, it's north to south when it comes to highways. So then you got Interstate 10, right? And 10, guys, takes you from Houston, New Orleans, Tallahassee, Mobile, all the way to Jacksonville, right? East. Then west, it takes you all the way to your favorite place. LA. See, look, Interstate 10, bang. So the reason this is why everyone wants to get wanted to get drugs from Laredo or illegal aliens to San Antonio, because San Antonio was the, the main transition location. Okay. Now, also, what a lot of people would do is they'd buy weapons here in San Antonio and then bring them south to Laredo, to McAllen. Zapata, Roma, all these like border, all these little border towns down here and smuggle the guns south into Mexico because guns are very difficult to come by in in Mexico, guys. And they need them because the cartels over there have a lot of power and they fight the Mexican Marines. So they you'd literally be using automatic weapons and all that. When I was in in Laredo, 
I would hear gunshots from across the Mexican border because when I was there in 2014, there was a big war going on between the Losetas and the uh, and the Mexican Marines. The the police don't fight the cartels there. It's it's the military. <laughs> All right, that just goes to show you how how deep seated the 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 um the corruption is. All right. Okay. So let me read some of these chats real fast. Uh, let me go all the way from the top. And guys, thank you so much. I hope you guys are enjoying this. I know I'm giving you guys quite a bit of insight, but I want you guys to understand what HSI is, what it's like working on the Southwest border. So this all makes sense here for you guys in a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, and thank you guys so much for support. So Mo Marizzo, five bucks up, Myron. Hope you're doing good today, bro. Yes, I'm chilling. Uh, barely going to sleep, but I'm here. Uh, yep. Shout out to love my white Nubian Queens. We got tiger 88. Myron, what are your top five books that you suggest somebody to read? Uh, damn, I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. The rational male mystery method, uh, rich dad, poor dad, um, uh, unscripted MJ DeMarco and, um, damn it. I can't, I can't think right now. Um, okay. Roberto Moreno, everyone should be uh, I, oh yeah, uh, better bachelor. Uh, it's, it's a better bet. No, not not better. My bad. Uh, bachelor pad economics. Shout out to better bachelor too. Okay, Roberto Moreno, five bucks. Everyone should be nice to you since you know people. Ah man, I ain't that special, bro. Uh, Mo Rizzo, Slap Myron. Hope you're doing good. Yep, yep. That was from earlier. And then we got Peter B. Agent Fit T-shirts. Thank you. Uh, and then let's see here. Okay, so. Oh, and then I got two more chats here, guys, and we'll get right back to it. Dej Baby. Hey, Myron, thank you for the content. What do you do to prepare for an episode? Uh, I just pull up a bunch of the core documents beforehand, which I got some core documents for this case that we're going to go over here in a second. And then we got Anna Rodriguez, love from Austin, Texas. Hey, shout out to Austin, Texas, man. <laughs> I went up there one time to, to arrest a fugitive, bro. That shit was the worst, man. I hate Austin with a passion. God damn it. Uh that is not Texas, guys. Austin is another world, but hey, you know, I love Texas, but Austin is it's different, man. It's 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 pretty liberal. But great city to be in, fun city. Um, okay, uh Cardi Bands, two bucks. Damn, they was going to war with the military. Yeah, bro. Yeah, it ain't no game in Mexico. <laughs> uh, I'm late. Who the assistant this time? No assistant this time, guys. I'm solo. Okay. Yeah, and the reason why the traffic is so bad in Austin, guys, is because the infrastructure never caught up with the uh, population explosion. For the past like 10 years. Um, Austin, Texas has been like one of the fast growing cities in the United States. So, okay. So we know what I used to do, right? I used to work in Laredo, Texas, right? I was a special HSI. We know HSI is. Um, so let me give you guys a little bit of uh, one, one of the things that we investigate, guys, that HSI is actually very good at is they investigate child exploitation, okay? And child exploitation, guys, is basically, you know, the possession of, you know, child pornography, um, trying to entice minors to, to, you know, for sexual activity, anything like that. So this case, guys, the reason why it, it was so offensive is because the person that we arrested was a Border Patrol agent, okay? And it's not common that you arrest other feds. It's actually very uncommon. Uh, but this one was really, uh, really crazy. Um, and I remember this case vividly because I was the team leader on the arrest. So I wasn't necessarily the case agent, but I was very familiar with the case because I was uh, the lead, the team lead on the arrest. I'm going to explain that here in a second while I was the team leader. But so let me explain first what a case agent is. Okay, so guys, um, when you investigate a case, right? As as an as a as a whether you're FBI, DEA, HSI, I don't care who you are, or even if you're local police, state state police, whatever, 
there's always someone called a case agent or case officer, okay? And that person is the person that controls the case. He's writing a majority of the reports. He's getting, he's securing funding for the case. He's the one going to the prosecutor, letting him know what he's doing, what he's got going on. He's the one that's controlling the informant, telling the informant what he needs the informant to do during the investigation. He's the one gathering resources. He's basically the manager of the investigation. He's the point man, okay? He's the one telling the SWAT team, I need you to hit this house. He's the one writing affidavits to get wiretaps, all that other stuff. He's managing the entire case along with the AUSA, okay? So the AUSA and the case agent are like this. They work together because in the federal system, guys, the way things go is when you're doing a case at the federal level, there's not much room for mistakes, okay? Um, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Federal prosecutors, a.k.a. assistant United States attorneys, are divas. They will not take a case unless it's airtight, sexy, and going to win. The U.S. Attorney's Office does not lose. There's a reason why Takashi went on Breakfast Club and said, I fear God and the feds. You want to know why? Because when the feds come, it's done. You're not going to beat the case. You're going to go to jail. You're going to do 80 to 90% of your time. You're not going to get no conjugal visits. You're not going to get no good release on uh, release on good behavior. You're not going to get bail. None of that shit. The feds don't have any of that. Okay. So you are going to do your time, a majority of it. And depending on what kind of crime you committed, they might put you at a supermax. They might put you in a medium. They might put you in a low mead, whatever it is. But regardless, uh, the feds don't lose. Okay. This is and federal cases take longer to investigate. I've done cases where I was looking at people for years, okay? But here's the thing. By the time that they come, they know your girl. They know where you live. They'll know what kind of food you like to eat. They know who you call. They know who you're with, who you spend time with, what you drive. They've been watching you for a long time. So when the feds come, they, they come and get you at 6 o'clock in the morning when you're in your jammies asleep. That's why the feds rarely get into shootings because they've been watching and they're able to stage and prepare themselves to take you down in the most efficient and safe way possible, okay? So... So now that we got that out the way, oh, and then also just a social proof in case anyone ever tries to doubt. This is me graduating from um, uh, criminal investigator training program. Okay. So at FLETC, Federal Law Enforcement Training Center. And this is where you go as, as a, to get uh, to train to become a federal agent for any agency you want to work for in the United States. There's only three or four agencies that don't train at FLETC. FBI, DEA, they both train at Quantico. Uh, U.S. Postal Inspection Service, they train in Maryland. And I think Army Criminal Investigation Division has their own academy out somewhere west. But um, Fletzy is in Brunswick, Georgia. Okay, right there on the an hour from Jacksonville. And it's an hour from Jacksonville south. Uh, it's an hour north of Jacksonville and an hour south of Savannah. And every major agency outside of the FBI, DEA, and Postal Inspection Service trains there. IRS, Marshals, Secret Service, us, ATF, um, EPA, FDA, all the Office of Inspector General agencies, we all go to something called Criminal Investigator Training Program, okay? It's recognized among all the agencies. And then after you do the CITP, you go ahead and you can get into like the add-on program. So like for HSI, for example, they have something called HSI SAT, which is another three months tacked onto the academy where they teach you um, uh, laws and um, things particular to HSI alone, okay? And since HSI is a bigger agency, they're going to have a longer academy. HSI, IRS, and... HSI, IRS, and um, FBI and ATF have the longest academies in the United States. We have the longest uh, agent academies. I think I think uh, I think IRS has the longest. I think there's a seven months because they do a whole thing on like accounting and money and all the other stuff. Okay, so um, no, Homeland is not CIA guys. That's a whole other thing. CIA is not a law enforcement agency, guys. All right. So um, okay, so we went over. And I got my notes here. 
So we went over HSI programmatic areas. Okay, and child exploitation, right? So let me see here if I could find this video for y'all. HSI, child. Because this is actually a very big programmatic area for um, HSI, okay? Because this Border Patrol agent, what he did was he was... Um, he, um, he was, uh, uh, nope, nope. Uh, these videos are all whack. I'm not going to play none of these. Okay. Um, he was, he was talking with an undercover agent, right? Trying to solicit sex from her and a child. So let me read the press release for y'all first, and then we'll go ahead and read the criminal complaint. All right. So here it is. And I'm going to walk you guys through the arrest and everything, how we did it. Okay. Former federal agent convicted of attempting to entice a child. Laredo, Texas. A 50-year-old former Border Patrol agent was has admitted he attempted to entice a minor to engage in sexual activity announced by U.S. Attorney Kenneth Magison. Salvador, they spelled it wrong, it's Salvador, but Salvador Contreras was a former agent stationed in Del Rio. Contreras has been in contact with an undercover agent with Immigration Customs Enforcement's Homeland Security Investigation. So you guys remember I told you it was ICE HSI because ICE is uh, the main umbrella and then HSI is right underneath it as the investigative arm whom he believed was a parent of two daughters ages 8 and 14. During the conversations, Contreras transmitted numerous images of child pornography. He then traveled from Del Rio to Catula, believing that he would be engaging in sexual activity with both minor children. Contreras was arrested upon his arrival in Catula December 2nd, 2016. Following his arrest, he resigned. It's actually December 2nd, 2017. Uh, he resigned from Border Patrol. Sentencing will be set at a later date. At that hearing, Contreras faces a minimum of 10 years and up to life in federal prison, a possible 250000 maximum fine. Who investigated the case? Customs Border Protection Office of Inspector General. HSI conducted an investigation with the assistance of the United States Attorney's Office, Western District of Texas, um, Southern District of Texas. Actually, you know what? It's kind of funny. So DEA was out there too for this one. But let me tell you what happened. So let's go back in time. This is bringing back really, really good memories. So let's get into the fun part of this broadcast, okay? Uh, so first, let's talk about Catula, Texas, okay? So Catula, Texas, guys, I'm going to pull it up for y'all. <laughs> uh, you guys are really about to learn about Myron Gaines. Here we go. This fucking place. Oh, man. Okay. Catula is a city in the county seat of LaSalle County, Texas, United States. Its population was 3,700 as of the 2020 census. Guys, it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Look at this. <laughs> Downtown Catula. <laughs> All right. This is where your boy Myron was circa 2015 to 2018. All right. That's what I was doing. I was spending all my time in this fucking town, bro. All right. So let's go ahead and get this thing. All right, so all right, so here, if you guys look, here's Laredo right here, right? Laredo, Texas, right here. You go up Interstate 35, and then you get to two not towns. There's this town called Encinal, which is another sleepy little border town, and then you got Catula right here. Catula, if you guys notice. Is smack dab in between Laredo and San Antonio, Texas. Okay. I told you guys before how San Antonio is like a hub city, right? Where all the drugs, illegal aliens, all the shit goes to. Okay. And the reason why is because like I told you before, San Antonio is a transit city. And if you guys notice 
all these border towns have a highway. McAllen, Mission, Harlingen, Edinburgh, uh, uh, the Brownsville over here, Zapata, okay, uh, Del Rio. All these south town, these south Texas towns here, all have highways that get them to San Antonio. Everyone is trying to get their dope and contraband into the United States into San Antonio because San Antonio is a transit city. But Catula, guys, this little sleepy town right here is in the middle of nowhere, okay? It's literally the wild, wild west. I'll never forget, man. Story time. So when I was an agent, I did a very large drug investigation out of this town, okay? Case is done now, so I could talk about it. All right, called it Operation Eagle Ford Tour. <laughs> All right, because this is Eagle Ford Shell here. This is a, this is an oil town, and um, and I was working closely with the DEA and the ATF on this case. There were some people we identified that were involved in a bunch of different crimes, from oil theft to smuggling of drugs to um, uh, firearms uh, trafficking, uh, human smuggling. Uh, what else? Fraud. All any crime you could think of, man. These guys were out here committing it, bro. They were doing all kinds of crazy shit. Okay, there was gang activity here. There was a strong Latin King presence here. Okay, there was a strong Mexican Mafia presence here. Uh, and there was a strong uh, what else? Um, uh, fucking Pistoleros, which is another gang based in Texas. Okay, these are all pretty much like Spanish gangs. All right, because there's a big Mexican pot. Pretty much everyone here, guys, is Hispanic, like Mexican descent. All right. So uh, the reason why I was investigating this, guys, is because so once you pass Catula, right? So the, the way the way the United States government works, right? There's something called the AOR, Area of Responsibility, okay? And um, so Laredo, right? Our area of responsibility ends right here. Once you get into this county right here. So this is LaSalle County. Once you pass LaSalle County, you get into um, Bear County, okay? And Bear County starts to become the jurisdiction of San Antonio. So the thing is, is that Catula was far enough from Laredo that no one wanted to make this fucking hour drive up here, 69 miles to be exact, to investigate anything going on here. But it was also far enough from San Antonio for them to not give a fuck, the San Antonio field office, Okay. Because it's smack dab in the middle of two different areas, areas of responsibility. Not to mention, it's a long drive. It's out in the middle of nowhere. And let's add more fun to it. There's two different. So you got agency area of responsibility, and then you got prosecutorial area of responsibility. Okay? There's a difference. So us, my area of responsibility ended after this county, LaSalle County, right? For the feds thing, I would have to contact San Antonio if I ever went into this area, this area, right? And I did anyway. I I because this I ended up the the case that I was doing ended up leaking into all these other towns across Interstate 35, but um, but it it wasn't like my normal AOR, right? After a while, I began working it so much that they, San Antonio pretty much just said, okay, let this guy run wild. He's a Laredo agent, but who gives a fuck? He's gonna be doing all this shit in this area because his case ties into all this, right? But for the prosecutorial standpoint, guys, once you pass. Um, Catula and get into Dilly, everything here, guys, gets prosecuted by San Antonio AUSA's office. Okay. And the San Antonio AUSA's office is something, is a part of something called the Western District of Texas. Okay. 
Let me see if I can show you now this map. Oh yeah, I think I think this is it right here. Okay, let's see. God damn it, make it bigger. Hold on, give me one second, guys. I'm gonna enlarge this. Okay. So let me show y'all what I mean by this. Okay. So as y'all can see, LaSalle County ends right here. This is the Southern District of Texas. The Southern District of Texas, guys, is headquartered out of Houston. Okay? It's headquartered out of Houston. The Western District of Texas is headquartered out of San Antonio. So look how LaSalle County, this is where Catula is right here, guys. And then you get, I'm sorry, Frio County. That's what it was called. So as soon as you pass LaSalle County, guys, you get into Frio County. Now that's the Western District of Texas. So, so it was right at the edge of our AOR. And this would go into Houston, but anything north of this would go into San would go to San Antonio's prosecutorial office. So no, long story short, guys, no agency wanted to work it because it was in two different AORs, right? Or it was right on the end of the AOR. And plus, Laredo is busy as fuck, so no one wants to drive an hour to Cotula when there's already too much work here in Laredo. And then on top of that, the prosecutors, there's a fine line between the two different judicial districts of who's going to prosecute. Okay, so do you guys see now why it was a complex situation to work a case in this area? Because the thing is with Catula, going back to uh, Catula here on the map, like all like all the criminals, since these are all small ass towns, all the criminals had a, like had cousins and uh, uh, conspirators in Dilly, in Pearsall, in Divine, right, in Van Orme, all these areas here, right. All these areas is uh, like there was there was crooks like I would be investigating one guy here in Catula and his cousin was in Big Wells or I'd be investigating a guy here in Dilly that w which this place is a huge Mexican mafia uh, area, um, I, and there, his cousin would be like in San Antonio or whatever. So these are all little towns that get you into the city of San Antonio, but everyone knows each other here. So you can't investigate someone here without necessarily going into this area because it was all intertwined. Okay, it was like a whole fucking weird incest situation going on I, I can't even explain it but regardless i i said all that to say this the reason why i was a team lead was because the undercover agent right in this case that i told you all about the the, the h -like undercover agent who was a friend of mine i actually know who it is that was having the conversations they were like texting this guy on on, on whatsapp and stuff like that they arranged to meet him in Catula, texas well guess what there was only one agent in the laredo office that was familiar with Catula, texas this fucking guy Okay, because I had been doing my drug case and I was, you know, I was buying, I was doing drugs, I was doing guns, I was doing all kinds of crazy cases. I was working with DEA and ATF there. So no one knew that area like I did. So they put me as a team leader for the arrest. Okay, because the case agent was like, bro, because um, the case agent actually is a personal friend of mine. We play video games together and shit back in the day. So he asked me, hey, bro, you know this area well. Can you, um, can you help us? And I said, yeah, I got you. Like, this is, this is my backyard. I'm here almost every day, driving an hour north to Catula, right? To interview people, to debrief informants, all that shit, because it's in the middle of nowhere. So I was lead on the arrest and the guy was supposed to come from Del Rio all the way to, to Catula. Now let me show y'all that drive, how desperate this motherfucker was to try to get some fucking weirdness. All right. Oh, I've seen a chat. Oh, what happened? Oh, shit. I'm just looking at the thing now. Bro, don't go solo no more. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to give myself a fucking fail. All right. I'm gonna, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to open up all the tabs on the side right here. In the chat, let me know from what point you guys didn't see. You guys didn't see what I was talking about. What, can, what did, what did y'all not see? Anything? 
Damn, y'all didn't see nothing the whole fucking time. All right, all right. Then you know what? Let's rewind. I'll sum it up for y'all. Let me go back. Okay, let me open the fucking thing right now. That is my bad, guys. I will. I will always have an assistant from this point forward. Sorry, guys. Okay, so here is. So y'all didn't see nothing. Fuck. All right, let's let we we gonna fix this then. We're gonna fix this. Okay. I talked about Laredo. Oh my god. Like the whole map explanation, dog. God fucking damn it. We couldn't say a thing when you mentioned Catula. Okay. So did y'all hear the San Antonio thing at least? Y'all saw the San Antonio presentation, right? Give me a one in the chat if you guys saw San Antonio. If y'all just missed Catula, then that's not nothing. Okay, from you so y'all saw Laredo. So y'all saw Laredo and you saw San Antonio. Give me a one in the chat if you saw Laredo, San Antonio, and you just missed Catula. Okay. You, oh, okay. All right. Never mind then. Y'all just missed Catula? All right. I don't feel so bad then. Okay. I got y'all right now. Okay. So here's Catula, guys. <laughs> I'm really fucking sorry about that, guys. I'm really, really sorry. Um, and just for that, I'll throw in a bonus story that I wasn't going to tell y'all. Okay. Okay. So here's Catula, guys. Okay. So here's Laredo right here. And then here is Catula. Okay. And Catula, guys, is smack dab in the middle of Laredo and San Antonio. And like I explained to y'all before, you have two different um, areas here, okay? So the Laredo office for HSI, the AOR ends in LaSalle County. And then once you get into Frio County, which is Dilly, um, you can't, like, that's that becomes San Antonio's area of responsibility. So a San Antonio Homeland Security agent takes that over. But the thing is, is that the Catula is in a perfect location to be a criminal because it's far away enough from Laredo where no one's going to want to drive an hour up there. And then it's also far away enough from San Antonio because it's not their AOR and they don't give a fuck either. So if you're in Catula committing crimes, you're really going to get away with it. Cause this is the wild West, this area here, this whole area here from Encinal all the way up. No one cares about this guys because Laredo's too goddamn busy. Cause we got too much stuff coming in and then San Antonio's too busy coming in dealing with the stuff that actually comes in. So these areas here slide by man. No one cares, okay? So myself, I was driving every day up here, and no one knew Catula like I did, okay? And this little town, all right, Catula, since y'all missed it before, is it's nothing. There's like 3,000 people that live here, all right? And let me show y'all real quick the Wikipedia since you missed it last time, and I apologize for this, guys. Um, 3,700 people. Look at this. That's downtown Catula. You know what I'm saying? So, um, hilarious. So, uh, so it's out in the middle of nowhere, man. It's literally the wild, wild west. So I'll tell y'all a funny story. Okay. Uh, to make up for me fucking, fucking up right there, which I take full accountability. Myron, you are stupid. You stupid. So let me tell y'all a funny story. So my first day, right. When I opened the case on Katula, cause I was doing a big drug investigation out of this place. It started off. It started off uh, as, I think, uh, oil theft slash human smuggling case, right? People were smuggling illegal aliens into the United States and they were stealing oil because this entire area here, Catula, guys, is known for uh, creating oil. There's a lot of oil field workers that live in this area, right? South Texas is rich in, in oil. So, um, so I pull up, right, and I meet a Texas ranger and I meet uh, a detective for the LaSalle County Sheriff's Office. For some of you guys, you might not know who what a Texas Rangers are. Okay. 
Texas Ranger Division, government agency, Texas Ranger Division, commonly known as the Texas Rangers, also known as the Los Diablos Tejanos, the Texan Devils, is an investigative law enforcement agency with statewide jurisdiction in Texas, based in the capital city of Austin. So these guys are the premier law enforcement agency um, for the state of Texas. They're like the Texas FBI. Okay, they do the big capital murder cases. They do the public corruption. They're, you know, the peak of the peak of the Texas Department of Public Safety. Okay. And they were originally created, guys, a little bit of fun here. Um, they were originally created to go after people that stole cows. Yes. Yes. You heard it right. The Texas Rangers were originally created to go after people that stole cows. Because back in the day, guys, I was a capital offense. If you took, took someone's cow, bro, like you, you, bruh, that dude can't eat. That's, it was literally like you could get the – I think it's, it's still on the books. That's a capital offense of stealing someone's cow, bro, or killing someone's cow. All right? So, um, yeah, that's what they originally were for. <laughs> so, yeah, the Texas Rangers, man, uh, really cool agency. But anyway, so I'm a – you know, I'm 24 – well, I'm 25 years old because I started the case in January of 2015. I'm 25 years old. I go in there on my Patagonia hat and my little Patagonia vest and my Levi's jeans and my polo shirt, right? And I go with um, – with this guy, he's, he's a LaSalle County deputy detective, but he's assigned to DEA. Uh, and I go meet with another detective that's in LaSalle County. And I go meet with um, the Texas Ranger. And the fucking Texas Ranger, right, and the, and, the, and the deputy, the LaSalle County detective, they got cowboy hats, big as hell. They got the drawstrings, like, right, for the ties. They got, he has a big-ass belt buckle, all right? He has these jeans that are starched, so like, like if you stood those pants up in the corner, they would stand on their own, bro. Okay. The belt was huge. The belt buckle had like a big ass bull on it. Uh, he had the Western shirt on, right? He had the, he had a 1911. I'll never forget. He had this gun right here, bro. <laughs> he had the 1911 FBI special. He had this gun right here, bro. But this thing was like decked out. It had diamonds on the handle and shit. Okay, and this is a very expensive gun, by the way. This is like a like a like a one thousand to two thousand dollar gun, the nineteen eleven. Okay, uh, uh, the FBI special. So, um, here, let me see if I can hit images here. Yeah, he had one of these, but his his joint was tricked out. It had like diamonds on it and stuff. And then the holster he had it in was um was all like it was like 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 some kind of like gator like it was some crazy thing and then he had these cowboy boots that had the like spurs on the back that uh and and the boots were like all like they were they, they were real fancy right like thousand dollar plus boots all right and he's like howdy yankee and i was like what the fuck did i just get myself what? into <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? This is me just getting because my guys, mind you, I had never lived in Texas prior to this. Like I had been there for just about a year. Like uh, like I had been there for about five months at that point because I got to, I got down there in 2014 August, right? And uh, I'm doing like my first like big proactive case. I go up there to meet with the Texas Rangers because they're the ones that contacted me saying, "Hey, we got this oil theft ring, and they're also doing this other stuff with illegal aliens." Let's let's work together. So I ended up partnering with them on this case. And that's how this big drug investigation started. It started off as like an oil theft slash illegal alien case, a legal a human smuggling case. So. Uh, so, yeah, that's my memory of being in Catula, Texas. One of the, my my fond memories. I met at the Border Patrol station there. Uh, and if you guys uh, hold on, uh, Catula Border Patrol station, man, this brings back a lot of good memories, bro. Yeah, this shit's in the middle of nowhere. Let's see here if they got pictures of this joint. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, man. 
Good memories. Yeah, because this Border Patrol station, guys, it's like the only federal building in that area. There's nothing else out there. It's like right off the highway. It's in the middle of nowhere. Okay, and this is all public information, guys. So it's not like I'm out here like fucking exposing anything. Like, look, look at this. Look at this. So there's nothing out here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah, that's where I did had the meeting and I met that ranger and I met uh, LaSalle uh, County uh, uh, detective, right? So no, it's not a cemetery. <laughs> Somebody says that a cemetery. No, it's not a cemetery, bro. It's it's this is it right here. Okay, that's that's the station right there. But it's out in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's a that's one of my fun stories there. So that's how I started the case there in Catula. But regardless, guys, like I told y'all before, and let me show you guys real quick the area of responsibility. This is what I missed showing you guys before, too. So um, so I was here in Laredo, right? This is Webb County, Texas. This is Laredo right here. Okay, this is considered the Southern District of Texas. Then here in San Antonio, which is right here, Bear County, this is the Western District of Texas, okay? And this is headquartered out of San Antonio, and then the Southern District of Texas is headquartered out of Houston. So once you pass LaSalle County, guys, you get into the Western District of Texas, which is a whole other judicial district, okay? So this is why when I did this case, it was so difficult to get anything done because I was operating in two different judicial districts and two different areas of responsibilities. Do you guys get that? So the area that I covered was huge when I did this case. So I had to coordinate with AUSAs in San Antonio, Laredo, and Houston. Okay. I had, I was one of the few agents that had two different prosecutors from two different judicial districts doing my case. Okay, when I did my big drug case and my drug case was an OCDF case, guys, Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force. If you guys want me to explain what an OCDF case is, I can tell you. Give me ones in the chat if you guys want me to. If, if you guys want me to continue on with this, uh, this Border Patrol agent story, I'll give me, a, give me a two. If you guys want me to explain what an OCDF case is, give me one. If you guys want me to go continue on with this Border Patrol agent story, give me a two. Okay, because I don't want to kill you guys because I'm giving you a lot of crazy details. So I don't want to put you guys to sleep. And I apologize about earlier uh, that. You guys missed all that stuff in the thing. And I'll make sure to put that in, in the timestamps, like skip to this part or whatever. I apologize for that. Um, okay. I see a lot of ones. All right. I'll fly by this OCDF, what an OCDF case is here uh, quickly. So first and foremost, I'll go ahead and I'll find it for you guys. OCDF. Okay. Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Forces. Okay. So... The Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force, OCDF, is an independent component of the U.S. Department of Justice established in 1982. OCDF is a centerpiece of the Attorney General's strategy to combat transnational organized crime and to reduce the availability of illicit narcotics in the nation by using a prosecutor-led multi-agency approach to enforcement. OCDF leverages the resource and expertise of its partners in concentrated, coordinated, long-term enterprise investigations of transnational organized crime, money laundering, and major drug trafficking networks. So, going back to Katula, the reason why... I was able, okay, to go ahead and do an OCDF case in this area is because, so like I told y'all before, I was in the middle of two different judicial districts from a prosecutorial standpoint, right? Right? Southern District, Western District. You can see the yellow and then you can see the, um, the purple here. Western District, Southern District, right? So I was in two different judicial districts. So I had to get two different AUSAs. And then on top of that, guys, okay, the other thing was that um, the case had public corruption involved. It had a multitude of different crimes. We had firearms trafficking. We had oil theft. We had human smuggling. We had uh, importation of drugs and smuggling. We had all different types of crimes. So 
OCDEF guys, basically, long story short, when you get a case approved as an OCDEF case, what you do is you propose your case to uh, the Department of Justice, and then the Department of Justice approves your case as OCDEF, and then you get a special OCDEF case number, okay? And the reason why this is important is because when you get an OCDEF case, guys, you basically get federal funding for your case from the Department of Justice directly, okay? Why is this important? The reason why this is important is because when you do large, complex uh, large-scale investigations, you're going to need money. And the reason why is because it's going to require surveillance. It's going to require manpower. It's going to require Title III intercepts. It's going to require um, using um, investigation techniques of like electronic surveillance, transmitters, wiretaps, uh, all these different types of electronic surveillance that cost money to do. Okay, to do a Title Three investigation, guys, and a Title Three, I broke down what a Title Three was for y'all before. But a Title Three is listening to phone wiretaps. It costs about fifty thousand dollars for the U.S. government to listen to a phone for thirty days. Yeah, hold on, one more time. It costs the U.S. government approximately fifty thousand dollars to listen to a phone for thirty days. Okay, because you got to hire monitors, you got to hire transcribers, they got to sit there and listen to the phones 24 seven, and then they got to put the phone down if they're not talking about something pertinent and then turn it back on. I did tell three investigations, so I know how much money this stuff costs. So if you're going to do a big case, you need to get your case OCDEFT. Okay, think of it as like a case enhancement initiative, right? Because it does two things. Number one, it gets you federal funding. Number two, it makes your case way sexier. And then number three, you know, you're going to get a dedicated OCDEF assistant United States attorney, a AUSA that specializes in OCDF. They have more time. They're more experienced. They're typically, they're some of the best AUSAs in the office. So that is why you do OCDF cases. If you can, I did OCDF cases when I was in Texas and I did OCDF case while I was here in Miami as well. And I'm a big fan of doing OCDF cases because they give you funding. Um, and yeah, and anyone could do OCF case, whether it's FBI, DEA, whatever. And the other thing too is that I had other agencies working on the case with me. So I was able to make it OCF because I had DEA working with me and I had uh, ATF working with me. And FBI was involved as well, but not as much. And I also had the Department of Public Safety working with me as well, Texas Rangers and the Department of Public Safety uh, um, Criminal Investigation Division. Okay. So, okay. So now, now, um, now we got that explained. So I had an OCF case at the time here. So going back to the case that I was talking to y'all about, now that you guys understand, so what did we go over? Re quick little recap, okay? We went over what HSI is. We went over um, where, I, where I was stationed, Laredo, Texas, right? How the border works, okay? We went over what I, my specialty area, which was Catula, Texas at the time, all right? And then we went over uh, my buddy, a friend of mine who was also signed to the Little Texas office was working a child exploitation case. And then they identified that the person that they were looking at was a border patrol agent. Okay. Now this border patrol agent guys, and this is where I was going to show y'all before he drove all the way from Del Rio to Laredo. No, I'm sorry. To Catula. And let me show y'all real fast. I know I have the map here. Uh, where'd I put it? Is this it? Okay, you know what? I'll just put it right here. So, okay. So let me just... Okay. Catula, or no, Del Rio, Texas? The Catula, Texas. All right. Two hours and 23 minutes, okay? That's a big fucking... 
he drove all the way from here. He was a Border Patrol agent assigned right here in Del Rio. And he went all the way to Catula, guys, to go ahead and meet with a uh, a kid and a mom who were an uh, undercover agent that was posing as a kid, and uh, a mom and two kids, eight and 14, if I'm not mistaken. All right. So. Uh, and uh, so, OK, so Border Patrol guys, so Border Patrol guys right here, um, this is who they are. I'm going to pull this, uh, show this to y'all real quick, just so you guys understand what Border Patrol is. Uh, the priority mission of the Border Patrol is preventing terrorists and terrorist weapons, including weapons of mass destruction from entering the United States, undaunted by scorching desert heat or freezing northern winters. They work tirelessly as villain protectors of our nation's border. Okay, translation, guys. Border Patrol protects all this. See this whole, this border right here, this line? Border Patrol patrols all of this. Okay. And the easiest way, move this shit out the way, my bad, guys. Can y'all see? Okay, all right. Yeah, so it patrols all this, okay? And they also patrol the northern border as well. But they're, there's not, they're not as heavily staffed here because obviously, you know, well, maybe now because Canadians want to get the hell out. But in general, most of Border Patrol's efforts are here on the southwest border, not necessarily as much on the northern border. So this is the way it works. I'm going to make it very nice and simple for y'all to understand. Border Patrol wears green uniforms, Customs and Border Protections wears blue uniforms. So if you guys go to the airport, I'm sure you notice, not TSA, but when you go international, there's guys in a blue uniform like this, okay? And, I, and I'm a visual guy, so I'm going to get a picture of it for y'all, okay? Because I want you guys to understand what a Border Patrol agent does versus what a Customs officer does. So Border Patrol uniform, Okay. So this is a Border Patrol agent. Wait, Border Patrol uniform and CBP OFO uniform. Let's see if I can get them both together. Bam. Okay, perfect. Perfect. So this is this is an example, okay? So you got a Border Patrol agent here, green uniform, and you got a customs officer here, a CBP officer, customs and border protection officer here in a blue uniform. Okay. And I'm gonna go ahead and make sure I move this out the way. Okay. So what's the main difference between these two guys? Green uniform guys. To make it nice and simple, they patrol all of this, okay? They patrol all the areas that you're not supposed to come into the United States through, all right? And then these guys in the blue uniforms, they patrol all the areas you're supposed to come into the United States through. Airports, bridges, um, you know, railroads, whatever, whatever way you're going to come into the United States, they're there to inspect you. Okay. So if you're a U.S. citizen or you're an, uh, an, an, uh, an alien, right. Green card holder, whatever it is, these guys conduct an immigration inspection when you come in and they also check your luggage or whatever else like that. And they do their customs inspection, immigration inspection. These guys, um, their duty is to investigate all the areas you're not supposed to come into the United States through. So like the brush, the rural areas, etc. That's why they wear their green uniforms because they'd be out there in the brush, you know, looking for illegal aliens trying to come in and walk into the United States or cross the Rio Grande River or whatever else it is. Because as you guys can see, the southwest border is huge. And then if you go back to Laredo here, right, we got the Rio Grande River right here. Okay. And um, a lot of people come across the river, and this is where the Border Patrol is making sure that people don't come in to the United States through that. And then here, right, this is the uh, this is Bridge 2 right here. This is the uh, Juarez-Lincoln-Nuevo Laredo Bridge. This is where CBP is. These guys in the blue uniforms, 
waiting to, for you to come in. You drive in, they inspect you of what country you're a citizen. They check your passport. Or if you're a, a green card holder or a visa holder, they check your visa. And then they formally stamp your passport and let you come into the country. Okay, so do we have that established? So green is you shouldn't see them, <laughs> okay? And then blue is who you see when you come into the United States legally. So if you see the green, you're coming in illegally. If you see the blue, you're coming in legally. Bam, that's the simplest way to put it, all right? And that's the two different uniforms. They're both under the umbrella of Customs and Border Protection. Border Patrol and then Office of Field Office uh, or the blue uniform, CBP, all right? All right, hopefully that wasn't too confusing and that made sense to you, okay? Um, now, so this Border Patrol agent, guys, Drove all the way from Del Rio, Texas, to Catula. All right, and like I told y'all before, no one knows Catula like I do. So, um, so we have a, a child pornography group in Texas, right? And in, in Laredo, sorry. And uh, what they did was they investigated child pornography. They uh, they investigated child enticement cases, whatever. So the case agent was friends with me, so he knew I was doing my dr big drug case, my OCDF case, out of Catula, right? And he was like, yo, bro, I need you to be the team lead on this arrest because you're the only person that knows the area. And I was like, cool, I'll take lead. So I was the one that made the, uh, you know, the takedown, all that other shit. I told him where you should probably meet the, meet the guy, everything else like that. Um, Cause he didn't want to come all the way down to Laredo. He wanted to go to Catula, the, the, the border patrol agent from Del Rio. Right. And, um, uh, and I had, at the time I was working very closely with DEA and there was a LaSalle County deputy that was an investigator who was assigned to DEA. That was like my partner on that OCDF case. I saw him every day. We worked every day together. So he knew the LaSalle County Sheriff's Office. So he brought them out to help us do surveillance and do this takedown. Okay. So December 2nd, 2017. Walk y'all through this. So this is where the takedown went down, guys. All right. It's bringing back a lot of fucking crazy memories right now. Um, let me let me uh, let me read any chats that I might have missed. And I apologize, guys, about the the fuck up earlier. Um, like I said, I'm I'm gonna give you all the heat um, for for messing that up. Okay, L, being from Texas, this is the coolest episode you've done. Puro nine five six ka. Hey, okay, that's what's up. Shout out to nine five six Laredo. Stand up. Um. Shout out to South Texas. Motherfucker, you met Chuck Norris? Yes, I met Chuck Norris, guys. Texas Rangers. And then Myron Jr., will the story be fire or trash? Vote after he's done. Yes. If the Yeah, guys. And give me real honest, like, opinions. Like, I'm literally going to see at the end. If the story was trash, I'll take the L and make, tell, come up with a better case. I just want to know, uh, called you and let you know to answer chat just so we could thank them. Okay. So, yeah, sorry, Dadon. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I uh, My bad, guys, about that earlier. Um, and then we got... Uh, on my way to Laredo right now, my hometown, about to pass by Catula. I'm getting Taco Palenque as soon as I make it into town. I'll message you on Patreon. <laughs> Yo! Yeah, I know y'all were laughing when I showed y'all Catula. There's nothing out there. We didn't see from when you said this brings back memories, town of Catula. Okay, yeah. So I explained all that. So thank you for letting me know. I give myself another. You stupid. So my bad, guys. Take accountability. We weren't listening anyway. We were spamming. Okay, thanks, Myron Jr. Appreciate it. F's in the chat for Myron. Uh, and then like the video, guys, by the way, please. We couldn't see a thing when you mentioned Cthulhu. All right. Okay, so let's go back. So um, so for me to really, let's, let's break this down. So this is where, so this is Interstate 35 right here. Right, guys? So we did the takedown right there. Okay? 
So when you're coming from Laredo, you take this highway right here. And as you guys can see here, let me see if I can enlarge this a bit. I want you guys to feel like you were there with me. Pause. Okay. So you get off the exit, right? This is the highway right here, Interstate 35, which takes you on the way to San Antonio, right? This is the highway right here. And you come right here. And we did the takedown right here. So the guy was coming from over here. He was coming from Del Rio, right? So what we did, the arrest team, was I was literally, guys, right here, where this blue car because this used to be, this was a grocery store. This wasn't a Wendy's before. It was a grocery store. And, um, oh my God, I remember that Dairy Queen. <laughs> so, so the guy, the target came from here and he brought his car. And I'll never forget. So he goes in, right? So he parks his car. We're sitting here on surveillance. I'm here in a pickup truck. All right. And I'm in there with three agents. I'm in the front, I'm in the front passenger seat and I'm on the radio, right? Because I had agents on the highway, because this is why I specifically picked this location, because I knew he was going to come in from here, and I knew the only way to really get out of Catula was the, this, this main highway right here, which is Interstate 35, which I told y'all before. This is going north to San Antonio, and then this is going back south to Laredo. So, so he comes in here, and then he goes ahead and he goes into the store. Like I said before, this used to be a grocery store, but they changed it to a Wendy's. So he goes in. I'm set right here. And my partner with D from DEA, and we had a bunch of DEA agents out helping too, bro. When it's when it's when you're doing like child pornography shit, like they're gonna everyone and their mom is gonna assist. Like that's no one no one is down for that. You know what I'm saying? Let me just catch up with the chat here, make sure. Okay, <laughs> Mario needs to be stepping. <laughs> so I'm here, right? And he goes in, and I radio to the team. I'm like, yo, guys, he went in. Um, and we already knew what he was going to do, but I'm not going to tell you guys what he did. I'm going to wait uh, tell you, you guys are going to see at the end. So he goes into the store, right? Now he was supposed to meet the undercover agent. And it's crazy that I'm even remembering this like this. They were supposed to meet at this hotel over here, guys. See, you, as you guys can see, there ain't nothing out here, baby. Hold on. Let's keep going. The hotel, guys, is, okay, so that's the family dollar. Okay, is this before? This is probably before they built it because, look, uh, okay. So, yeah, so this is the main road in Catula here, guys. As y'all can see, there ain't nothing out here, baby. There is nothing out here. This brings back a lot of good memories, though. I used to drive down this road all the time, man. <laughs> oh, man. Shout out to South Texas, baby. My ninjas from from uh, South Texas, y'all already know what this is like. This is that farmland. Okay, God damn it. Okay, this might have been before. They might have not taken the Google pictures because this hotel was brand new at the time. Let me go back here because there's this is Street View from 2021, so it should be here by now, unless COVID made them tear it down or something. Hold on, give me one second, guys. I'm gonna find this hotel. Um, I'm going to find this goddamn hotel. Oh, I've done so many drug deals at this gas station, by the way. I got a lot of shit for y'all that, that we're going to talk about. Okay, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead. You know where it is? It's right here. No, take me back this way. Okay. 
Bear with me, guys. Okay, so these are a bunch of... Okay, so the hotel is actually, like, back over here. All right? And it... Let me... Cotula, Texas. Hotel. Oh, yeah, this is it right here. What the fuck? Let me go back. Okay, this is where they're supposed to meet. This this hotel right here. What's the address for this shit? Motherfucker. All right. Let me just do this. Give me one second, guys. Because I want to show y'all where they were supposed to meet. Cotula, Texas hotel and then i was going to show you guys where it is in compared to the um to the location no not the cemetery view all 27 hotels okay it was this one right i think it was this one Yeah, I think it was right here. So, what's the address? Yeah, 447. Bam, okay. Yeah. Press in real fast. Bear with me here, guys. I'm doing this one on the fly, because I had just remembered that they were supposed to meet at the hotel. God damn. Give me a street view, motherfucker. See, they don't even have, because it's off the highway. So, it's right here. So... It's right off the highway. So when you come off, it's there. But let me go back to um, where I was. So Texas. Am. Interstate Highway 35. Yeah, here's the Taco Palenque that he was talking about earlier. <laughs> uh, man. Okay, so let me drop the little man right here because here's interstate highway 35 you come in oh yeah wendy's okay okay so all right going back to the takedown all right so they're supposed to meet at that hotel yeah this is public info guys don't worry because this case was done back in 2017 so anyway they're supposed to meet at that hotel which is back over here somewhere, all right? And I'm over here set up here. And uh, the, the, the Border Patrol agent, he comes. And I remember when I was doing the briefing, right? Um, when I was, oh yeah, guys, do me a quick favor. Like the video, please. I apologize for the hiccup earlier. So when I, when I was doing the, uh, when we're sitting here up on surveillance, I remember asking, because uh, it was Office of Inspector General, that like was doing like the main case because he was an employee and then it was us helping because they had they because what happened was they were investigating and they were gonna do, they were doing a child exploitation case then they found out the guy was a border patrol agent and then when they found out he's a border patrol agent they had to bring in the department of homeland security office of inspector general which i did an episode on this office of inspector general guys is basically the guys that oversee and go after um corruption fraud and abuse so if you're like a government employee and you're doing stupid shit the office of inspector general is coming after you okay so this since this guy was a department of homeland security uh employee office of inspector general was involved so 
I remember because they have all your records. They're the one they will go, they have your academy dates, they have your employment records, etc. So I remember when I was at the briefing, I asked them, yo, what hand does he shoot with? And they were telling me he shoots uh he shoots with his right hand. What? What? Yo, what? What's going on, guys? I'm looking in the chat right now. Some people are saying what and what's going on. Um Is everything good? Give me ones in the chat. Everything is good for y'all. Something wrong? Everything good, guys? Give me ones in the chat if we're good money. Let me look on, on YouTube. On, okay, everything good? All right. Okay. Did we, like, have a lag spike or something? Okay. I'll make sure I get an assistant on the next one, guys, every single time. I'm doing this one solo dolo. Okay. But anyway, okay. So I remember when I was doing the, the briefing, because remember, guys, before every single arrest, you have to do a briefing, right? And I asked, what hand does he shoot with? And they're like, he was right-handed, because I already knew he was going to show up with a gun. He was going to show up with a service weapon, right? Because he's a federal agent. He can, he can show up with a gun. So, um, uh, oh, you guys are just jaw-dropping at how rural this is? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I was here every day, bruh. So anyway, um, so he goes ahead. So he goes into the store, right? So he, when he goes into the store, I'm telling the team, all right, guys, he's in the store, blah, blah, blah. So I'm all tacked out with my vest and shit like that, right? And I got my pistol, and I had my Glock 17, actually, at the time. So I remember, you know what? Give me one sec. Let me, I'll, I'll draw this out for y'all. All right, so, um, okay, so let me, so I'm going to show y'all my, my, the gun that I had that day, actually. So let me stop screen sharing for one second. So this is my Glock 17, guys, okay, that I had. This actually, when, when I was on the job, the gun that I used, um, back, this is back 2017. So here it is, right? Obviously, guys, always keep the gun, finger always off the trigger, unload it, make it safe, right? Okay. Look in there. Make sure it's nice and safe. Always keep it pointed in a safe direction. Never point it at anybody. Okay. And then you look, you touch in there, look away, touch in there again. Right. Okay. So the gun is now safe. So this is the, the Glock 17 that I used has a TLR one on it. Right. Very bright. Okay. And then you can also flash it like this. Hold on. Let me do the, uh, the flash. So you can, you, you can not go like this to make it light. And then you could do it this way. Then you could do it this way. And then let me put the, the strobe. Hold on. Yeah, and then you can also do the strobe, and that show will fuck you up, man. All right? So you could do the strobe. So <laughs> to disorient the person. So, so I'm sitting over here, right? Uh, and let me share the screen again. We ain't fucking this one up again. So I'm sitting right here. And I'm on surveillance on the radio, and, and he goes in. So he comes out. I'm like, oh, shit, it's time to take him down because I can't let him get back to his car. He has a car parked, like, right here, right? So I get out, right? And I remember, and remember the gun, guys, isn't loaded, so I'll just push it here for dramatic effect. So I remember getting out the car because, mind you, I'm in the front passenger seat, right? So 
I get out and I got my vest on and I go like this. I come out and remember, I'm right here where the mouse is. I'm right here. He's cut. He like, the, so we're right here. He's coming out. We pull up the car and then we speed it right around where this red truck is. Okay. And I hop out the front seat and a couple, a bunch of other cars come too and surround him. Right. Like out of the movie type shit. We all just surround him. And no, I'm not going to pull the trigger. Fingers are always off the trigger, guys. Always safe direction. Don't be an idiot. Never finger on the trigger, goddammit. Always like this, okay? So anyway, so he, I'm, so now our car is right where this red car is. He's like right around here, all right? So I remember, I'll never forget, bro. I, I come out, I open the door, I swing open the door, I come out, I said, police, please, please, put your hands up. Federal agents, right? Mind you, there's a bunch of other people swarming him too. And... I'm looking at him and he has his like back to me. Right. So he, he's like, like I'm from, I'm, I'm over here. Right. I'm trying to describe this son. So he's that way. And he's looking this way. So he sees me out of his peripheral, but I'm coming up on his right-hand side and I know he's right-handed. Right. And this was a cold day. This was back in December. So he had a jacket on and he went like this to sweep his jacket out the way. Right. And the thing is, guys, is that that's a technique that they teach you in the academy. If you got a jacket on, like always like sweep the jacket away so that you can go ahead, right? If you got a holster on your side, and I'll show y'all what I mean by this. Right? Because I'm I'm like living it with you guys right now, telling you guys the story. So if you got your jacket with you, right? Me and my short shorts. So if you got a jacket, right? You sweep the jacket. Sorry. You sweep the jacket away, right? to grab the gun like this and unholster it, right? So he had a jacket on that day and I'm coming from his right-hand side. I'm coming from this way, right? And he's looking, he sees me and he goes like this. And as soon as I see him do that shit, I'll never forget, bro. I'm a, I, I like screamed at him. I said, don't fucking do it. Don't fucking do it. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew where he was going to go. Because remember, I went to the briefing and I asked the OPR agent, the um, the Office of Inspector General agents, because they had all his employment records, what hand does he shoot with? And they said, right uh, right hand. Oh, yeah. Y'all want full screen? Okay, let me full screen it. So, again, he's, he's there, right? And the gun isn't loaded, guys. I'll never fucking do this shit with a loaded gun, right? Of course. See? Y'all see? Empty? Okay. So, He's coming out the gas station and he's look, he's coming out. He's like, you know, bought some shit. He has a bag and stuff in his hand, right? In his left hand. And then his right hand is empty. That's another reason why I knew he was armed too. So he has a jacket on because it's cold. So I see him go like this. He goes boom and he sweeps over and I see him like doing this. And I already know what time it is. I know he's going to go for his gun, but he doesn't know who I am yet because he sees everyone surrounding him. And, you know, it's like kind of like an OODA loop. They call it the OODA loop where it's like, you're like uh, paralyzed by like surprise because he sees a bunch of people coming at him with guns and then it takes him a second to register. Oh, these guys are, are law enforcement, right? So, but, but he's trained like, oh shit, what's going on? So he goes to sweep his jacket like this. And I remember seeing him do that because he, he was like facing um, this way and I'm coming from his right-hand side and I was kind of coming from like behind him and he goes, and, and, I, and I remember pointing the Glock at him, this this same gun actually, right? And I remember pointing it and I had, uh, and I said, don't fucking do it, man. Put your, uh, you know, put your hands up, federal agents, please. And he uh, and he looked at me and he went like this and then he stopped. And I had at that point, like my finger was like right here, man. I was about to put it on here because I, I was like, yo, if he reaches for that gun, I got to shoot him. So 
um, because he was obviously armed. He was off duty, but he was armed. Um, and my supervisor jumps in the way and fucking grabs him and tosses his ass to the floor. And I like, I was like, I was like, that was f- okay. <laughs> All right. And then I just, uh, you know, and then I obviously I holster, I, I like, I, you know, a sigh of relief, and then I holstered my gun, and then I helped them cuff him. Right. And, uh. Yeah, that that was that was probably one of the closest I came to shooting someone. There was one other situation too that I'll tell y'all another story. It was like one of my first uh, cases. Um, but here, let me show the screen. So we end up arresting him right here, and um, and taking him down and everything. And there was everyone there, bro. DEA was there, HSI, uh, Border Patrol was helping us right from the Katula station because um, they were like, "No, nah, we got to get this guy. He's a dirty fuck." Um, so yeah, so that's, that's what it was. So, okay. So, and then we took him to the, the, the jail. So let me, um, okay. Can you do the Miami gold smuggling case? Uh, can you put the article maybe in the chat so I could look at it? Um, and then, or put the name of the person that was the main, uh, person. Okay. I'm going through the comments. Uh, where are your pants, sir? Nowhere to be found, sir. I do all these broadcasts with no pants on. That's the way it goes. <laughs> Uh, and then let's see here if I missed anything else. All right, cool. So, so we took him down, we arrested him, right? So here's the court documents guys. And this is the guy actually, let me show y'all a picture of, of the offender. This is him, Salvador Contreras. Okay. Uh, uh, this is, uh, cause we, cause that day, that's the day we arrested him. So we arrested him and then we brought him down to Webb County jail, uh, for, so he can go to the marshals the next day. So, and let me get the court document for y'all. Okay. Um, so let me open this up for y'all real quick. Uh, give me one second guys opening it up. Nope. That's not what it was. It's right here. Nope. This one. Okay. So here's a criminal complaint guys. After we actually arrested him. All right. Uh, Okay, so United States of America versus uh, Salvador Contreras. Because after we arrested him, guys, uh, we picked him up. Oh, so after we arrested him, I forgot to mention this. He had um, in his bag, he had um, condoms, toys, candy, lube. And all of that was seized as evidence because that went to show that he was that he was, you know, intent on doing it. That's why I didn't I, I like I waited till he like went in the store and got everything he needed before we um before we took him down for more evidence. Okay. So um yeah I know I need to change the sights on the Glock, but I I, I did I stopped using this gun guys in like twenty uh like twenty eighteen. When I went to uh Miami I stopped using this gun. That's why I took the sights off. I had these really good true glows and I took them off. But yeah, bro, he, he, yeah, he, he went in there with, we, and we seize all that as evidence. All right. So here's a criminal complaint, guys. Um, I actually remember a uh, shout out to Roberto. I remember him. Um, I, Roberto Perez, especially as the Department of Homeland Security Office of Inspector General, have knowledge of the following facts. On October 21st, 2016, HSI Laredo Special Agents received a request for assistance regarding an online child exploitation investigation on a subject who was identified as Salvador Contreras. From October 27, 2016 to the present, Contreras communicated with an undercover HSI Laredo Special Agent through a messaging application detailing his intended plans to engage in intercourse and oral sex with the 8- and 14-year-old daughters of a UC agent. During these communications, Contreras spoke about his nervousness of being detected by law enforcement. Contreras also sent child pornography photos 
to the UC cell phone. In the state of Texas, the type of sexuality conducted described by Contreras, if it was to occur with the individual he thought to be with an eight for eight year old or 14 year old would be considered sexual assault of a child in violation of Texas Penal Code. 22.0011. On December 2nd, this is the day we picked him up. Uh, Contreras drove his vehicle approximately 140 miles, which we showed y'all before, from Dio, Del Rio, Texas to Catula, Texas, for the purpose of engaging in a sexual act with an eight and 14 year old. Contreras was arrested by HSI and OIG agents. Contreras was advised of his Miranda rights. So after we arrested him, guys, we took him to the LaSalle County Jail, which um, I could show y'all that real fast, where they interviewed him. LaSalle County Jail, Catula, Texas. Y'all want to laugh? So this is where it is. Basically, and this is all public information. This is LaSalle County Jail. This is where we took him <laughs> after uh, we picked him up. So we arrested him. It was all the way down here where the arrest occurred. And then yeah, and then we took him um, there to get arrested. Uh, sorry, to, to like get do, get interviewed and everything like that. Okay. And so they took him, they interviewed him, and his Miranda rights, guys, the Miranda rights, shout out to Fresh, uh, is, you know, you have the rights to remain silent, anything you say can be used against you in a court of law, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and he agreed to speak with agents verbally and in writing. That's very stupid. But anyway, he acknowledged... He sent sexually explicit communications to the UC agent. Contreras acknowledged he came to Catula, Texas to meet the mother and minor daughter. Contreras acknowledged that he was, had sent child, child pornography. Uh, Contreras stated he was unaware if he would have engaged in sexual acts with the minor daughters. Okay, bro. Stop the cap. Because you had candy and a bunch of other shit when we arrested you. So I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, um, so yeah. So that was the criminal complaint for him. And then... He got indicted. He ended up getting indicted for, um, let's see here, the grand jury charges at all times material this indictment. The term minor is defined as Title 18 USC 22561 as any persons under the age of 18 years. The term sexually explicit conduct is defined to Title 18 United States Code. Um, so he basically did, uh, let's see here, count one, coercion and enticement, honor about uh, and between October 27, 2016 to December 2nd, 2016 within the Southern District of Texas and elsewhere, uh, the defendant herein by the United States mail and by means of a facility of interstate and foreign commerce did uh, da -da -da, uh, wait, hold on. Uh, it did, um, did knowingly con uh, attempt to persuade, induce, entice, and coerce an individual who defendant believed had not attained an age of 18 to engage in sexual activity for which a person charged with a criminal offense under the laws of the United States of Texas, namely the crime of sexual assault of a child. Okay. Then they count two uh, on or about because it was for two kids. So they hit them with two counts per child. Okay. And this is a very easy indictment, as y'all can see. Uh, oh, Fred De La Rosa prosecuted the case. I remember him. Uh, I don't know if he's still at USA. I think he went into private practice. So yeah, guys, he, he got indicted. And then this is the actual factual statement. He actually put He ended up pleading guilty guys. And this is the factual statement. So anytime you plead guilty guys, you have to plead guilty to a factual statement. Okay. So this is the factual statement that he uh, pled guilty to. 
On or about October 27, 2016 to December 2nd, 2016, the defendant Salvador Contreras communicated with an undercover HSI special agent through email, text, and phone calls and WhatsApp messenger. The defendant expressed his desire to engage in vaginal and anal intercourse with who he believed to be the UC's eight-year-old and 14-year-old daughters. Then, of course, the conversations, the defendant transmitted approximately 15 child pornography images via a cellular telephone through text messages and the WhatsApp messenger. On December 2nd, 2016, the defendant traveled from Del Rio to Catula, Texas to meet the UC and engage in sex with UC's two underage children. This conduct would constitute sex sexual assault of a child under Texas Penal Code 22.011. Upon arrival, the defendant was arrested by HSI investigators. I was the one that planned that arrest. Okay, uh, <laughs> and um, the defendant admitting sending the sexual, the child pornography, but claimed that references to having sex with child with children were simply fantasy. So yeah, uh, you know this was actually one of my most satisfying arrests, guys. I've arrested so many pedophiles, guys, because even though I never actually did the pedophile cases, I specialized in drugs, weapons, and like organized crime. Uh, the child pornography group, all the guys that were in that group, the child exploitation group. They were, they were my friends. I would like, you know, go to barbecues with them. I'll play video games with them. I'll play Overwatch with them and stuff. So like all those guys were like my friends. So like I would hang out with them and shit like that outside the office. So anytime they had an arrest, I was the youngest guy in the office. I was 24 when I got there and I was the most fit. So anytime we, cause I remember one time we took down a guy that was former like special ops and he was trying to have sex with a kid. He traveled all the way to Laredo to bang a kid and all this other stuff, right? Uh, really like sick individuals. So anytime they had these takedowns, they would always call me and I would help. But this one, I was the actual team lead on, which isn't normal to bring in an agent from another group to be the team lead on your investigation. But I was the only person that had knowledge of Katula. So we ran the operation because they didn't know like the area at all. So, um, so that's, um, so that's what happened. So he pled guilty, uh, bro, you should catch pedos on this child <laughs> on this channel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, special forces. I mean, uh, well, he was, he was, uh, I, was he, I think he was a former ranger is what he was. He's either a ranger or SF. So one of the two, but yeah, man, a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, our boy Myron doing the Lord's work. Yeah, bro. I always like took these kind of cases personal when, whenever they did anything to children, bro, like that shit fucking used to get me mad. Cause I never did the cases myself. Cause I didn't have the stomach for it. Cause you'd actually have to like, look at the image and stuff to analyze the evidence. But I would always be down and volunteer when they did takedowns every single time. Anytime the child exploitation group had a search warrant or they had an arrest warrant. I was always involved. I always volunteered every single time every single time. And they would call me too, like, hey, we got a warrant, you want to join in. And if I wasn't doing something with my other cases, I'd always help out because they're, number one, they're my friends. And then number two, doing fucking God's work, bro, putting away bad people. And I get to have the fun part. I get to arrest them. I don't have to worry about the evidence and interviewing them and asking us all, the, all this other stuff. Because when you're interviewing these, let me tell y'all son about child exploitation cases. When you deal with these people and you do the interviews, you have to, you have to befriend them first to build rapport. It doesn't work like the movies where you go in there, listen, asshole. We caught you with 50 lollipops and a bunch of naughty pictures. You better fucking tell me what I want to know or else. It doesn't work that way, guys. It's not like the movies. You actually have to sit there. You have to sympathize with them a little bit. You have to like ask them about their past. You got to listen to their, you know, a lot of them come from trauma. You got to listen to that for a bit. You got to let them talk about themselves. You got to really like ease it in, build some rapport, bring them some food and shit. Right? I know the, uh, uh, was the, the, the anime group, they, they'd be laughing about that shit. Like, oh, we brought them some Big Mac. You want to snitch? Not necessarily like, like that, but you got to build rapport with the, with the person. And, and these child exploitation 
investigation cases, these guys are fucked up in the head, guys. So you got to come in and do the interview from a whole other perspective. You almost have to like feel sorry for them. Like you kind of kind of almost have to make them feel like victims. That's how you get a confession. All right. So there's some sauce for you that nobody is going to be able to tell you. So anyway, um, so that's that's why the, I never wanted to do because they asked me if I wanted to go to do um, go to a child exploitation group. And I said, no, thank you. <laughs> Give me the gang members, the drugs and the guns. I'll do that. I ain't doing no child exploitation cases. I'll, I'll come for the arrests, but I'm not doing the investigations. No, no, thank you. Um, and then this was the judgment. OK, so he ended up getting convicted, guys, and he ended up getting. Uh, so he pled guilty on March 17th, March 7th, 2017. Okay. He got arrested on the, uh, December 2nd, 2016. Sorry. I said 2017 earlier. Um, and this was the judge, the United States district judge, and he got 132 months. Holy God damn. That is, uh, that's, uh, 11 years guys. He got 11 years. Um, and if he didn't plead guilty, he would have got way more time, by the way. So, um, and here he is right here. I did the liberty of doing the inmate locator. And he is in Englewood FCI. Okay, that's where he is now, guys. You can look this all up. He's 55 now. He's going to get out in 2026. Um, and they're, and they're going to probably put him on the sex offender list too. And this is where FCI Englewood is. Where the hell is this? Oh, Colorado. Okay, so this is actually the the less security prison. As y'all know, when we broke down the um, the other cases with um, you know Sarnev and the terrorists and shit like that, they got them at the FCI Max uh, in Colorado and Florence and Hanson. They're all in the Max prison, but this is him, guys, and this is where they got him now, FCI Englewood. All right. Um, yeah, it, it was a disgrace, bro. Uh, fucking, you know, be, you, you take an oath when you become an agent, bro, to to uphold and protect the constitutional law, protect and serve. And the fact that he was out here soliciting minors is fucking terrible, bro. Uh, yeah, he he got lucky for only getting eleven years. Um, but but yeah, this is a case that I remember vividly. Uh, it was it was a good time. So I'll open it up for Q and A now. Um, if y'all want. And I'll pull up the super chats as well. Thank you guys for bearing with me. I really apologize about the the um the mistake earlier with the uh, as far as like the um you know not pulling up the the video and everything. My bad, dogs. Um, okay, so let me go ahead and get some. Make sure I have all the super chats. Um, that I don't miss any of you guys. And I really appreciate all the support, guys. I really do enjoy making this stuff like this channel. Like I don't do it for the money guys. Like a bunch of these videos here are like demonetized and shit like that because it's like, you know, too much violence or uh, like a, a copyright, whatever. So I don't really do it for the money. I do it for y'all. Cause I think you guys really enjoy this stuff. And let me know if y'all enjoy, like uh, you guys enjoy me breaking down cases that I actually did myself. Um, so this one, I wasn't a case agent, but I was very heavily involved in this one because I was a team lead on the arrest, and I figured that would be the most exciting shit for you guys. Okay, D-Nice goes, Jesus Gabriel Rodriguez Jr. for the Miami Gold case. Okay, thank you, D-Nice. I'll make a note of that. Um, Chris French, our boy Myron doing the Lord's work. Thank you. Three Diggers, bro, you should catch pedals on his channel. Okay. Uh, the Don, how to catch a predator, Feds edition. Okay. Uh, Mr. King, 20 bucks. Salute, Myron. I just retired from the job up here in New York. We're moving down to Florida in a couple months. Hey, congratulations to you, my friend. Thank you for your service. Shout out to the blue three diglets. Where is he now? Is he still locked up? Yes, he is. I just showed y'all uh, D nice $2. Can you do the Miami gold smuggling case? Okay. 
Um, three Diglets was wear your pants gone. Anna Rodriguez. My dad did corrections in Austin, and I'm so glad he doesn't do that line of work anymore. So much respect for that type of work he did. Thank you, Anna Rodriguez. Uh, three Diglets, uh, 20 bucks op. Thank you so much, Three Diglets. L, being from Texas is the coolest episode you've done. Okay. Uh, motherfucker, you Chuck Norris. That's Cardi Bands. Myron Jr., will the story be fire or trash? Vote after he's done. Uh, the Don, five bucks. I just want to know, called you and let you know. Okay. Um, on my way to Laredo right now, my hometown. Okay. That was from Blaze Lightyear, Mang ENT. Uh, okay. I'm just making sure. Okay. Troll village citizen. We can't see. Share your screen agent gains. What program are you using? Where you can see your chat. We've been spamming for seven minutes, bro. Share your screen gang. Can't see the map. Can't see the map. Damn screen. Yeah. Dad share, please. Okay. And these are all, uh, me getting roasted for fucking up, which I am sorry guys. Um, okay. I think I'm caught up on the thing. Okay, sorry, guy. I can't watch you today. My guy's super busy today, but shout out to the content that you and do and everybody else hit the like button. Try to get to 100% engagement. Yeah, guys, can you please like the video? I know I fucked up earlier, but I'm going to make sure I put the timestamps in there for y'all and just put skip this part. <laughs> um, and let's see here. We got nine, 986 likes, I think. If you guys could give me 1,200, I'd really appreciate it. Um, it helps the channel a lot because, um, you know, it's a growing channel. It's a small channel. It's a niche, right? Not many people are doing this, but... Uh, okay. What are we at? Yeah, we're at one point one. If I get two hundred more likes, guys, I'd really appreciate it. So this could get pushed in the algorithm. And then let me see here. So I think I'm caught up on the super chats on that, and I think some others just came in. Okay, Wizard X, do you think OnlyFans will shut down like the back page because of reports of trafficking? No. And the reason why is because OnlyFans has already taken steps to protect themselves against that. So OnlyFans, guys, uh, if you're gonna make any type of content on OnlyFans, they require an ID of all actors in the video to make sure that they're at least 18 years old. And that's actually to avoid this violation, which I just showed y'all uh, under 18 USC, which is, um, you know, child pornography. Um, so good question. Uh, Devante Murray. Hey, Myron, you that little tin Colorado is where Columbine high school is at. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Learn something new every day. Um, Tyson SEO Myron. Have you ever done the good cop, bad cop routine during an interrogation? LOL. Yeah, of course. Um, I was normally a lot. I, I was always very nice when I did my interviews, guys. I was actually very, very nice with, with suspects. Like I would always buy them food. I would always like if they were cool, I would handcuff them in the front, even though you're not supposed to do that. Don't tell anybody. Wink, wink, none judge. I'll handcuff them in the front. You know, I would treat them with respect. I was always very, very polite, you know. Um, so. So, yeah. And, and, you know, obviously, when I transport them in the vehicle, I handcuff them in the back because that's policy. But like if I was like just talking to them or whatever, like in a, in a thing, I'd always unhandcuff them. Or if I was like just moving them around, I'll handcuff them in the front. Right. Cause a lot of guys had like back pain, you know, sometimes you deal with people like they're fat or whatever, and they can't, or you only have one pair of cuffs. I remember one time I had to give someone like three handcuffs. So it goes a long way when you treat people with respect. I always, I said this uh, before, cause I was having a conversation. Uh, I forget who it was. It was one of our guests that came on the show. My job is to take away your freedom, not your dignity. You know what I'm saying? So I always respected people, even though I arrested them. Even this border patrol agent, I show, I, I treated him like with respect, even though he was doing a terrible thing. It wasn't personal. You know what I'm saying? You can't be emotional and personal with this type of stuff. Because if you get emotional, well, well, oops, sorry, didn't mean to shoot you. Now you're dead, and I'm going dead to jail for murder. So you got to really be able to control your emotions. Okay, let's see here. Super chat in your questions, guys, and I'll uh, read them. Uh, let's see here. This is the Q and A. Uh, Jesus Gabriel. Okay. Yep. 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 Let me, let me, I'm going to take a picture of that right now. Let me, because when I was working 
in the Miami office, I remember they were doing a gold case. That might be the case that I was like that that um that I heard about when I was there. And if it's like done and they prosecuted, then I could talk about it. But obviously, I can't mention anything that that's like still going. Gracie Habib, love this case breakdown. Some really sick people out here. Yep, yep. I was doing this all the time, guys. This is just what guys I have. Yo, you know what the crazy part is? I got like a million stories like this. By the way, I got a million stories like this. So if y'all want me to start doing my own personal cases more like this. Let me know. If y'all want to break from celebrity cases, I could do this for weeks. You know what I'm saying? Game face, Myron. Hey, yo, let's check the super chat real quick. Fun fact, legal age of consent in Victoria, Australia, 16. Yikes. Yeah, every every state is different. Like the age of consent in some states, guys, is like 15 or 16 in the United States itself. Um, Let's see here. Oh, shouts to She's So ICTV. So, okay. I think I'm caught up here, guys. Um, do you think 11 years was too little time, Myron? Uh, he got off lucky. I ain't going to lie. Um, I think a big reason why he got off is because, because uh, I think I went to one of the court proceedings. He was saying that he had, like, mental issues. He wasn't stable. He had went through some trauma. So that 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 let him get a little bit of time. And obviously, he was a, he's a Fed, so he had no criminal history. So they they gave him the lowest variance, right, on the sentencing guidelines. So So, yeah. So, guys. Honest opinion, besides the fuck up, which I take 100% accountability for, how was today's show with my personal history of a thing? Obviously, it's able. I'm able to do it shorter because I'm able to recall all the facts. Give me a one in the chat if you guys liked it. Give me a two in the chat if you didn't like it. And I, I trust me, I'm not going to, my feelings are aside. You know, I look at all the comments, even the hate comments. I get it because I want to make this shit better. And I'm going to make sure from this point forward, I'm always going to have an assistant. All right. So give me a one in the chat. If y'all liked it, give me a two in the chat. If you guys didn't like it and you guys want me to don't want me to break down cases like this anymore. And, I, and I'll totally accept it. Uh, okay. You guys enjoyed it. Awesome. 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 Yeah. I'm able to give a little bit more insight when it's my own case, you know what I'm saying? Or something that I was actively involved in. I can like go into like weeds and tell y'all like directly where the fuck I was sitting, what I was doing, you know, that whole situation, bro. Like I remember like it was yesterday when I got out that car, man, I'll never forget. I grabbed that gun and I went pointed at him and I was just like, yo, hands up, hands up federal agents. And, uh, and then he, um, he went and did this shit. And I remember just fucking getting scared as fuck. Cause I was like, am I really about to get in a shooting right now? And the other thing too, is cause I saw other agents closing in on him too. So I was like, if I shoot him, I better not miss. Cause I can't hit somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So luckily my supervisor grabbed him and we were able to make it, um, make it safe. But, um, but yeah, uh, let's see. Ones, ones, ones. Okay. One, two. Okay. Mostly ones. And, and uh, I apologize guys. Again, for that error before, I'm going to make sure that the, the person that does the timestamps put do not watch this portion of the show. Skip. So y'all can uh, have that. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Maybe, maybe next week I'll give y'all another case that I did personally. Okay. Um, I, if y'all want, <laughs> I'll break down the case that made me the most stressed in my life. If you guys want that, give me some flame emojis right fucking now. And I'll and I'll do it for y'all. I'll do it next week for y'all. Oh, Tory Lanez. Quick little update on Tory. Well, let me see what the chat says right real quick. And then I'll give you all an update on Tory Lanez. If you guys want me to give you the most fucking stressful case, bro, that I 
ever dealt with. Like it was my first trustful case that I got as an agent that like literally made me pull hairs because th that one is deep. That one is going to be like a hour and a half, two hour breakdown. And yeah, yeah, that one, <sighs> bro. I almost got into a fist fight with an agent over this case, bro. It was that bad. It was that fucking bad. I almost got in a fist fight with an agent from San Antonio. It, it was, it was not, and I probably shouldn't be admitting that on air, but that that's how passionate I am about uh, this, the job, bro. Like I really like cared. Like I, I was, all I did was wake up, go work, do cases, go to the gym, come home, play video games, go to sleep, do that over and over. I did that for four years, guys. I did that through, through from 24 to like 28, 29. I did that. That's all I did. You know, uh, CJ Cummings, more personal cases. I got y'all. Okay. I see a bunch of flame emojis. Okay. Um, San Antonio agents are cray cray. No, it's not that San Antonio agents are cray cray guys. It's because remember there's different field offices. I was assigned to the Laredo field office and this agent that I work with was assigned to San Antonio. But the problem is that I arrested one of the guys in, in Laredo, but the organization was based out of San Antonio. So we got into issues over, even though it was my case, the guy that was supposed to help me on the case in San Antonio, I'm just going to call a spade a spade. He was lazy. He didn't want to work. So when I needed surveillance done and shit like that, he wouldn't do it. <laughs> so, but there's other, it's way deeper than that. It's way deeper than that. Like why I was so pissed off. Like that case, You got you guys see right here these white hairs I got right here? Hand to the man, swear to God, these white hairs I have right here, guys, came from that fucking case. I started getting my first white hairs from this case. And I'll break it down for y'all next week. <laughs> it's gonna be crazy. It was like it made national news. It made national news. I ain't, I ain't gonna tell y'all now. No, 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 no. You guys are gonna have to wait on the next episode of Fetid Z. But that case is literally like y'all, like I lost a lot of hair follicles from these girls on this show, but it, the hair follicles started losing from that case, and I started getting the gray hairs from that case. Whew. Man, it's like just even thinking about it right now, like got me hot. Like I'm just like man. Okay. Anyway. Uh okay, Tori Lanes. Shout out to Christina. She's been working really hard for y'all, bro. She has documents that nobody else has. I've already reviewed some of them. She has police reports. She has, she's getting pictures right now. She's getting a bunch of crazy stuff on this Tory Lanez case. And she's been reading through it. And she actually, she sent me a message today. She was telling me, uh, cause she's been reading through it for me. We got a lot to talk about. Y'all, y'all got, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. That's all I got to say. It's going to be a good one. So, um, so shout out to her. She's been working really hard to get me all those documents, guys. Like that, that, that she'll, she'll help me on that one. Cause she, she's been reading all the docs that she's been getting. Uh, she has a, um, someone in LA is helping us. So, uh, so yeah, shout out to her. Um, okay. Let's see here. Oh, okay. Gonzalo guys. The reason why I didn't say RIP to, 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 um, coach red pills, because I knew they weren't like, not, I was confident that nothing happened to him physically. I knew that they grabbed him. I knew that was a matter of time until they grabbed him. But you guys got to understand that Ukraine, the last thing they want to do when they want Western assistance, right, in this, in this conflict is kill an American citizen. 
Do y'all get that? Like, it, like if he if they killed an American citizen, that would be a huge problem. Okay, so this is what I think happened. If y'all want me to get, give me a one in the chat, if you guys to give me, if you guys want me to give you my speculation on what I think happened to him, uh, give me a one in the chat, and then I'll end the broadcast. And shout out to Gonzalo Lira. I'm really happy that he's that he's okay. Don't forget the three NG boys from New Orleans, that Magnolia shorty. Okay, let me take a picture of that too. So I can make a note of that one. Okay, I'll make a note of that. Let me make sure I didn't miss any super chats. Okay. Okay, ones. All right, this is what I think happened. All right? So as you guys know, right, for those of you that don't know, quick little summary, okay? Uh, Gonzalo was basically saying that, you know, he was giving another perspective that the mainstream media wasn't necessarily giving you on the Russian and Ukrainian conflict, okay? Uh, he was given more of a side that shows Ukraine as uh, propagators of propaganda, okay? Basically, like, pushing out propaganda to make Russia look bad. They're accusing them of, war, you know, accusing them of war crimes, whatever. He was basically saying that the Russians are playing dirty and so are the Ukrainians. He was basically letting both parties know that Ukraine had some stuff going on that they didn't, their hands weren't clean either, right? And while he was doing this, he was in Kharkov, all right? And Kharkov is a major city in um in Ukraine, it's like I would, I, if I'm not mistaken, when I last spoke with him, it was like the equivalent to maybe like Chicago or whatever. And we did a broadcast with him, by the way, on our main YouTube channel, Fresh and Fit. Type in uh, Coach Red Pill and Coach Red Pill and Russia, and it'll come right up. Um, and we did a collab with him, and he broke down like all the crazy stuff that was actually going on at the time with the with the war. And matter of fact, you can actually hear the sirens going off because, like, I think like some something had just like gotten attacked. But anyway, long story short. What I think happened was SBU saw the broadcasts because it hit international news. He was getting hundreds of thousands of views, right? They found out where he was, okay? They went and grabbed him. They probably interrogated him and debriefed him for a period of time. Wanted to make sure he wasn't a spy for Russia, okay? And then after they debriefed him and figured out what his actual citizenship was, and I think he's Chilean and a U.S. citizen both. I think he holds dual citizenship, they pretty much determined, all right, we're going to let him go. And the reason why is because if he had not been a U.S. citizen, in my personal opinion, they would have either tortured him longer or killed him. The fact that he's a U.S. citizen, I think, was a significant component as to why they didn't hurt him. Because Ukraine wants Western assistance. The last thing you want to do is kill an American citizen in ukraine for reporting on stuff as a from a journalistic capacity he's not a spy he's an american citizen and he's essentially a journalist okay so it's barbaric for y'all to kill him so that's what i think happened personally they took him in interviewed him made sure he wasn't a spy potentially hit him with criminal charges because i know when he did his broadcast back he couldn't talk and he couldn't leave the area so they might have hit him with some criminal charges and that's it. And I'm just glad that he's okay because I did definitely make some phone calls uh, to, that we need to get the State Department and everything involved. I was already, I was getting some wheels of motion uh, that we had an American citizen in Ukraine be, being uh, being held against his will. Right? So I'm glad that, that he was okay, but they're not going to kill an American citizen, bro. They ain't going to do it. Uh, three Diglets, Ukraine need to chill. 100 bucks. 
Thank you so much, Three Diglets. I appreciate that greatly, bro. You're such a big supporter, man. I'm, yeah, I'm about to buy a piece of equipment and name it after you, bro. You, you, you really be showing love, man. You be roasting these chicks, though. Darren Robinson, ten dollars. Are you still going to cover nine eleven on Fed? It would be nice to get a real breakdown considering all the conspiracies people believe to this day. Yeah, I got you, bro. I'll definitely do it. Um. The, the, the thing with 9-11 is that's going to be a long one. That's going to be a long broadcast. I ain't going to lie. That's going to be a two to three hour one. Uh, Brennan Shearer, five bucks. The baby 2018 self-defense footage was just released. Really? No. Oh, okay. I'll go t- take a look at it. Um, do you ever work in El Paso, Texas or near? No, but I had a lot of friends that worked in El Paso. that got assigned to the El Paso field office. Guys, El Paso is far as hell from Laredo. It's eight hours away. Just so y'all know. Uh, let me let me show y'all. <laughs> you guys think I'm over like uh, Texas is big, guys. Like, I don't think people understand how big Texas is. So, look. All right, Google uh, El Paso to Laredo. Look at that. Yo, you know it's bad when they put flights up. <laughs> yeah, nine hours, 22 minutes, 604 miles. Yo, El- Texas is big, bro. Texas is huge. But El Paso definitely is a is a big office too. Uh so okay. So anyway, guys, um hope you guys enjoyed that episode, man. Please like the video, man. I again I sincerely apologize uh for going for like five minutes on a rant without showing y'all the screen. I am very You stupid. I give myself a stupid blunt for that one. Stupid. Um, and I'll make sure that I have assistance with me next time. It's it's so many things moving on when you do the broadcast by yourself. It's crazy. Uh, what made you stop doing criminal cases to get into YouTube? Uh, well, guys, I was uh, so I was doing the YouTube stuff while I was an agent at the same time, and they basically brought me in. They didn't like my YouTube channel, and they're like, "Yo, um, yeah, bro, you got to stop this shit." And I had to pick and choose, so I I had to I had to stick with the YouTube because at that point I had um, people that relied on me, so I couldn't just walk away. So that's why we had just got the studio. We had just built up fresh and fit. We had just done a couple of episodes. We had some pretty good traction. We had employees that were moving here to Miami to start helping us. Our YouTube guy was in the process of moving from Chicago to Miami. So like for me to just say, okay, sorry guys, I'm going to quit. I like, sorry, I, I ain't going to, I ain't going to do the podcast anymore. got to keep my job. Like that would have been fucked up. So I took a huge risk, man. I ain't gonna lie. It was scary. So I resigned, but I left on really good terms. I left on really, really good terms. Shout out to the Miami field office. Like they, you know, they, you know, they're very professional. They understood. And, uh, you know, I was able to resign and I left amicably, very amicably. And, and I did a lot of good work for the agency. So they, you know, I, I left, I left with, um, with my head held high, definitely left with my head, head held high. Like, I know like some of my haters went around trying to say like, oh, you got fired or you, you got forced to resign or some shit like that. Like, fuck out of here, bro. Like I didn't get forced anything. I left because they told me I could no longer do YouTube and do run my fitness business. So I had people that depended on me, so I had to leave. I didn't have a choice, so I resigned. That's why. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I was not in any type of trouble or anything like that. Like, yes, they were um, looking at my my uh, my YouTube stuff to make sure I wasn't, like, being inter- – that I wasn't being too crazy or whatever, but I definitely didn't get fired, bro. The fuck? Like, no, absolutely not. I was one of the best agents in the office, and I'm not even saying that to be cocky. Like, I was – that's that's facts. That's 1,000% facts. Okay. I had the most reports written uh, in the field. I had, um, I think I was, I was like in the top five for arrests. And I definitely had some of the, I had like either second or third most reports written in the AOR. And just so y'all know, that's how you tell if an agent's working. If you write a lot of reports, that means you're obviously investigating because you have to do shit to write reports. 
So I was writing reports like every day I was uploading a report, which is unheard of, <laughs> unheard, like unheard of. You know, I was uploading, not every day, I'm exaggerating, but I was uploading like at least two to three ROIs a week, which is fucking crazy. And some of those reports are ROIs, report investigation. And, and uh, ROIs, some of them were long. I remember I wrote one ROI, it was like 50 pages. It was like the case opening where I like outlined and identified all the people, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah, man. Like I, I was, I, I was, I was out there, bro. I was, I was going hard as hell. I was doing like, if you ask like a regular, like special agent, Hey bro, what's an OCDF case? They won't be able to tell you what an OCDF case is, you know, like OCDF case is like a big, it's a prestigious thing to have one of those cases under your belt. I did that with less than 10 years on the job. I did title threes. I did all that stuff. So when people say, Oh, you got fired or some other bullshit, I'm like, yo, you mustn't like, no, bro. No, it's no, not at all. Like, there's not many things I'm like arrogant and cocky about. This is one of them because I, I like, this is my bread and butter. This is what I used to do. I, I literally, yeah, hundreds of arrests, hundreds of affidavits I've written, hundreds of search warrants. Like, I used to go hard as hell. Uh, Myron, is story guilty after reading the documents? You will see on the next episode of Fed It Z, guys. So I was I was really outside, bro. I was really outside, like when it came to this this um this agent stuff. Why do you guys think I'm able to give y'all such detailed breakdowns on cases that I didn't even investigate? Think about that for a second. How am I able to to like like sometimes I'll be reading a document with you guys. I'm I'm able to predict what they did, and I, then we read a paragraph later, and it's true. Like the only reason I'm able to do that is because I did these cases. I was in those shoes. You know, if you work for FBI, DEA, whatever, we all use the same investigative techniques. It don't matter what agency you work for. Like we all do the same exact techniques. We might have different authorities and stuff, but we all do the same general stuff. So you're only going to know that from being in the field and doing stuff. You know, I wasn't like one of these outreach agents going to colleges and be like, oh, let me recruit you. Like I was doing none of that. We make fun of those kinds of guys. I wasn't doing none of that shit. I was in the field doing cases, going to court. Uh, if I wasn't in court in a suit, I was wearing jeans and a T-shirt and fucking Nikes and going to work outside all the time. Never in the office. Right. If I was in the office, I was writing reports, but I was always outside doing shit. You know what I'm saying? Or I was, or I was like researching or whatever. So, um, I said Nikes. No, sorry. I meant to say Sperry's. <laughs> I was wearing them Sperry's baby. I was wearing them boat shoes. We Connecticut out here. Uh, Eugene Ignorian, five bucks. I know people are asking you questions about the world, but how are you doing, bro? I'm good, man. Just long day. A little really tired, bro. I only slept a few hours. I'm probably going to go to sleep after this. Barely slept. So, but all right, guys, we just passed it to our mark. I love you guys. I'm so sorry about earlier. Like I said before, it won't happen again. I'll have an assistant. Um, Y'all are the best. Like the video. Um, I'm really glad you guys enjoy these personal case breakdowns. I'll do more of them. Uh, if I don't have Tory Lanes ready by next week, I will do the case that gave me my first white hairs. Okay. Uh, and I'll catch you guys next Sunday. Same place, same time. And tomorrow we got Brandon Carter coming in for Money Monday. So make sure y'all tune into that. And then we're going to do the Zoom call, guys. I'm thinking Wednesday night because I want to do it like uh, on a weekday right after a show for y'all. So you guys can kind of get the sauce. Um, but other than that, guys, love you guys. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll catch you guys next week. And uh, yeah, yeah, tomorrow, 6 p.m. Brandon Carter, 8 p.m. after hours, as always. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Peace. Uh, NCIS, okay. Uh, okay. All right. Let's, let's break this down too. Uh, okay, so NCIS...